You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy May. Welcome to episode number 43 of the Savvy Social Podcast. Our podcast is brought to you by Social Report, which is the world's most complete social media management tool and our tool of choice for our private clients. It's what I recommend to my students in the Savvy Social School. I just love Social Report, and you can try it out for yourself for 30 days for free by clicking the link in the show notes or going to socialreport.com. Now, in today's episode, we get to talk to Sarah Von Bargen, and I'm so excited about this because I've been following her blog for a hot minute. I love her approach to literally everything, especially money, and it's not about mindset. So if you want to check out her stuff, definitely check out her blog at yesandyes.org, and I'll have the link in the show notes. Uh, But Sarah, for those of you who don't know, is a writer, a teacher, and a coach, and she really helps people spend their time, money, and energy on purpose. Now, before we dive into this episode's interview, I also want to uh, share with you a completely revamped free product. So those of you who have taken the Savvy Social Framework course before will love the updates I've made to it. It's now called the Social Media Success Framework, and you can find that by going to onlinedrea.com slash free. So it's a completely free course that walks you through the foundations for building a profitable community online. I'm really excited about relaunching this, and I really hope you enjoy it. All right, let's dive into the episode. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today because I'm just a personal fan of your blog for years. I love everything that you're doing. Um, I was even like a budget fashion blogger in a past life. So I know that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for a moment there. So I worked with companies like Goodwill and like styling outfits anyways. Um, But I really want to talk about um, your story, how you got started with the blog and kind of like some of the things that you've learned along the way to where you are today. So let's start at the beginning. What, What prompted you to start this amazing blog? Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I had been living abroad for seven years. And when I moved back to the US, I was really struggling. Like, I know you moved internationally. So you are aware of sort of the the, um, pitfalls and challenges of that. And so one of the ways that I um, that I dealt with that was I needed a creative outlet. And I'd been reading blogs for a long time and I had been, I'd worked in marketing and advertising and I also had been getting paid to write for quite a while. Um, And so like, I sort of, I thought, you know, these are skills that I have already. This is something that I would like doing. Um, I need something to like get me out of my head. And there's a specific sort of blog that I would like to read that I can't find. I haven't been able to find it. So I'm just going to be the blog that I wish existed. Like, I'm just going to write, you know, that quote about like, be the, you know, be the kindness you wish to see in the world. I want it to be like the blog that I wish to see on the internet. Um, And I guess I sort of inadvertently found a hole in the market. Um, I would say, you know, there was a lot of luck involved at starting when I did writing about the stuff that I did coming to blogging with this skill set in place, but also like I am a complete workhorse. Um, So I think the statistics that I've read are that 70% of blogs quit after three months 
I mean, I'm going on 10 years now. <laughs> so, wow. so, um, so a lot of, it was a combination of factors. And the stuff that I've talked about has changed a little bit um, over the years. I would say now it's, I write a little bit more about like goal setting, habits, personal finance, sort of just bringing intentionality to all aspects of your life. Right. Um, and I've written about that stuff since the beginning, but it started out a little bit more lifestyle-y um, and now has transitioned to a little bit more about um, intentional living. Yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, most blogs only last three months and that you've managed to maintain um, the consistency over the years that a lot of people struggle with. Why do you think that um, some people fail at it and you are able to kind of stick with it and keep going? Oh gosh. Well, that's a good question. I would say part of it is honestly like, I'm just fortunate that that's my personality type. That's how my brain chemistry works. Um, But I would also say that I have I developed um, a really serious, I I developed a writing habit. Um, So it's something that I do every day, every weekday, regardless of whether I'm creating content for my own blog, if I'm ghostwriting blog posts for other people, if I am, you know, writing copy for somebody, it's something that I do every day. Um, So just, you know, just like other people make coffee first thing, other people, you know, go to the gym first thing, I write. And so it's, I was very fortunate that I developed, I worked really hard to develop a habit that would support my career and the life that I wanted for myself. Um, And I would also say just like with anything, when you do something and you see the positive results of that work and you notice it and you are intentional about it, it's easy to keep going when you notice that what you're doing is working. And I didn't necessarily, you know, start out making lots of money on my blog, but I was getting comments and I was building relationships. And so I really, I really tuned into that and sort of acknowledged myself like this is good and it's happening because I'm doing this. The other thing that I would say is I was fortunate when I, when I first started writing, I got my start writing for newspapers and then writing, um, doing PR. So I was writing press releases. So I got my start writing in a way that was incredibly not precious. You know, like I was not like, I am an author. I am a creative it was like, you have to write 500 words about, you know, this housing development and we're putting in the paper at four, go. Um, or like, you need to write a press release about this country singer who's playing at this casino and we're faxing it out now. Um, which sounds sort of harsh, but I think that that was really good because it didn't allow me to get up in my head about writing. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I, I view writing as like, it's a skill set that I have. Some people can code, some people hang drywall. Some people, you know, teach preschoolers. I write. It's not a big deal. I'm, you know, like I, I don't, I don't believe in writer's block. It's a skill set that I have that I use every day. And I think that mindset has been really helpful because it allows me to keep going um, because I don't take it personally um, if something doesn't do, you know, really well, or I don't get too hung up on whether this sentence is the world's best sentence. I just keep going and I can go back and edit it, but it's not like a commentary on my value as a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's an important distinction to make because especially when we're first starting out on new projects, we treat them like our babies. Like we yeah. hold them close and we, and we don't want anything bad to happen to them, which actually is damaging to yeah. The project, you kind of have to just do it and keep doing it, and you will trip and fall and fail. That's mm-hmm. part of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, how long would you say it took you when you first started to start seeing some level of success from through the blog? 
Well, to me, for me, my initial, what, what success felt like to me initially was having, and again, this is in literally 2008, so things were very, very different on the internet. But when other bloggers who I liked and respected started linking to my stuff, and when strangers started leaving comments, when it wasn't like my cousin and my coworkers, but when strangers would find me organically and leave comments on my blog posts, that just blew my mind. Um, and I would say that started happening relatively early in the, in the blogging journey. I would say maybe, you know, three, four or five months, but I was also pretty tenacious about networking. I um, had a full hour lunch break at my job and I would truly spend the entire hour going around to blogs, leaving comments. And I did that every lunch hour for two years. So like, just imagine, you know, like how that adds up. And to this day, I still have friends who I met during that time of mm -hmm. blogging, like in real life friends who we've like gone on vacations together, who I met because I left a comment on their blog 10 years ago. I love stories like that. I just like total side note, and some of my audience members know this already, but that's how my husband and I met through YouTube. Oh, oh I love that. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were YouTubers at the time and we were commenting on each other's videos. Then we made a video together and then we kept talking and that's how I ended up in Canada. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I had no idea. Yeah, so the power of the internet at its best. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, cool. So let's transition into like some of the marketing things that you've done for the blog, specifically social media. Um, I know you mentioned to me that you kind of avoided doing things like Pinterest for a long time. So what was something that kind of um, helped encourage you to like be more active on platforms on social media, like Pinterest or Instagram? And uh, what kind of inspired you to make that change? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so something that I wrote about on my blog that seems like it's not related, but is, is I wrote a blog post called, you're probably not the exception to the rule. And that's okay. Um, because I think all of us in every area of our life, we have things where we're like, oh, I know that works for other people, but that wouldn't work for me. Or like, and it applies to everything. Like we date somebody who's cheated on all their partners, but we're convinced they're not going to cheat on us. Or like, you know, maybe everybody we know feels great after they stop drinking, you know, to excess, but we're like, oh, but that wouldn't work for me. Or, you know, everybody tells you like that employer is terrible. They're going to treat you really poorly, but we think that for some reason, they're not going to treat us poorly. So I wrote this blog post about how like in the best, it's just easier in your life if you just kind of realize that you're not the exception to the rule. And so I, and I got a pretty good response. And then I sort of started thinking about like professionally, where are the places that I'm convinced <laughs> that I'm the exception to the rule? Um, and two of those places were Instagram and Pinterest because I sort of thought, and this was again years ago, but in my mind, Pinterest was for crafts and recipes. And I don't write about crafts or recipes. Um, and I don't really use Pinterest personally. That's not my platform of choice. So I had told myself that Pinterest didn't apply to me. Um, and then I was on a vacation with an internet friend, Sarah Morgan. Um, and she was talking about how Pinterest had just, you know, like hockey sticked her traffic. And she said, you know, Sarah, you have a lot of travel content. You write a lot of like listicles and inspirational stuff. And, and Pinterest 
Pinterest loves those. And so I sort of like put on my big girl pants and was like, okay, like maybe I'm not the exception to the rule. Maybe I should just try this out. And so I took, you know, giant plug here. Sarah Morgan's Pinterest class is amazing. I think it's called Pinterest powerhouse. Um, I took it and I, I, before I implemented the strategies I learned in that class, um, I was getting 7% of my social media traffic from Pinterest. And now I think I get 68% of my social media traffic from Pinterest. Um, it's just insane. So if you write anything that's helpful or that is a listicle, it should be on Pinterest. Yeah, for sure. It's the, definitely the power of giving things a shot, even when, uh, especially when you, you're backed by someone who's in the field and they're like, hey, you should try this. And mm -hmm. then you did, you tried it. Um, yeah. And I, I suspect you gave yourself maybe like a little bit of caveats. Like if I do this for a few months, if it doesn't work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that Sarah suggests, because there are like, like if you have an old blog post that is not optimized for Pinterest, you know, it's going to take a minute to update it and make it, you know, let's say it takes like 15 to 20 minutes to, to make an old blog post Pinterest friendly. Um, so she suggests starting with like go into your analytics and find like your top 10 posts and, and optimize those and make them Pinterest friendly. Like don't spend two weeks updating your entire archives, like start with the stuff that's already getting traffic. So I did that. And, you know, pretty much immediately I saw a big difference. Um, and so then when I realized what a huge difference it made, it was not hard to convince me that, okay, you know, between my assistant and I, we should go back through my archives. Cause I have literally 2000 blog posts in my archives. <laughs> they are not all optimized for Pinterest. Um, but anything that's travel related or sort of self-help, um, I optimize for Pinterest and it's been going, it's been going crazy. Like I have three blog posts, one blog post went so viral on Pinterest, it crashed my website. And then when I talked to my host and I was like, okay, well, can we bump up, you know, my hosting package? And they were like, we can't like, it's, you have to transfer to a different host. Like we can't match it, which is crazy. And I have another one that's been pinned and that just went viral recently. That's been pinned 18,000 times. Um, so, and, and the one that went so viral, it broke my website. That was an old post that I updated. Like it was a year and a half old when I updated it. Wow. I love stories like that because I think it, it just show, goes to show that even if you've been blogging for a while and you haven't had a Pinterest strategy, just start now. Yeah. Um, you don't have to have all of your ducks in a row. <laughs> no, just try. <laughs> That's like my rallying cry for anyone about anything. Like just try. And if it sucks, you can stop. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. Okay. I want to talk about Instagram as well, because um, I love how you post your Instagram stories. Um, and I love the tips that you give every day. So tell us a little bit about the thought process behind how you approach something like Instagram stories. Sure. Well, I mean, honestly, mostly Instagram stories is just things that I like and I want to talk about. So, I mean, there is like some strategy behind it, but a lot of it is just like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm at this cool restaurant. Look at this. Or like, I am reading Harry Potter for the first time. Let's talk about book number four. Or like, what is your Harry Potter house? Or I'm watching Gilmore Girls for the first time. What are your feelings about Lorelai's parenting style? <laughs> um, you know, so a lot of it is just stuff like that. Um, something that I know people really like is every morning I post a little image that says like, today say yes to, etc. Because the name of my blog is Yes and Yes. Um, and those images are all from a app that I released like four years ago. Um, so it's just content that I'm reusing. 
but it's, you know, they're inspirational. They're really nice. They're very shareable. So people share them and forward them to their friends all the time. Um, so I do that. I try at least once or twice a week to do something strategic to either share an old blog post that is sort of uh, applicable to this time of year. So let's say, you know, I, I have some travel guides to Ireland. So obviously I'm going to share those around St. Patrick's Day. Um, right now we're in the middle of a blizzard. So I might share some article about like how to make your house feel cozy. So I'm resharing old content. Um, every month I do a no grocery challenge, which is for one week I do not go grocery shopping. And then I cook with just what's in the kitchen and people love it. And I have a, a, a guidebook and cookbook that goes with the no grocery challenge. So I will like share that day's food that I made and then maybe share a tip about how to reduce your food waste and remind people like, hey, you know, if this is something that's interesting to you, you can swipe up and buy the book. So I try to do stuff that is um, strategic uh, a few times a week. Um, and I also just use it as a space because I teach two, I teach three online courses. Um, one is about, two of them are about money and one is about um, habits, changing and breaking habits. And so I also try to share content that's related to both of those topics to sort of build my expertise so that then, you know, like if you've been watching my Instagram stories, you know that this is something that I know about, that I'm an expert in. So then when I say like, hey, you know, the next enrollment of Bank Boost opens, you know, April 30th, people are already in the mindset that like Sarah really knows what she's talking about. So obviously I'm going to take this course from her. Yeah. Oh, I want to highlight three things you said because they're really powerful. Um, one is that you post what you like, which I think is good, a natural place to start. And it's a good thing to mix that in because people yeah. like to follow people that like the same things they do. Yeah, um, for sure. Like when I told people that I was watching Gilmore Girls and reading Harry Potter for the first time, like the DMs, like I almost wanted to like delete the fact that I had said it because it was like 75 DMs deep. <laughs> That's a good problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really powerful to post um, things that you like. Um, you also recycle content um, often, which is really yeah. important, especially with something like Instagram stories. That's so instant. It's gone tomorrow. Um, so recycling or, or bringing back that content and you kind of have it themed to whatever's happening at the moment. Very good strategy. Um, and then the third thing is you make sure to talk about topics that relate to the content that makes you money, the content that is how you create your living. And so that when it comes time to promote that thing, it's not coming out of from yeah. nowhere. People are like, oh, she's been talking about this for a while. Yes, I'd love to take her money course. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, very, very powerful. Um, so you mentioned DMing as well, which is something that I have been really tuned into lately because I think there's a lot happening in the Instagram DMs. Um, so can you share with us maybe like an experience that you've had or a cool story from something that has kind of been birthed from this direct messaging sure. venture? Um, so I reply to like 97% of the DMs that I get, even if it's just like a, yeah, or like, that's so cool. Um, I would say one of the most awesome things that has happened is last year I did a sponsored road trip with a company called Livability and Livability encourages people to move to and travel to small to mid-sized cities, which is something that's like very close to my heart. So I went to 10 of Livability's top 100 cities and I, you know, like, I would do probably like 10 to 12 stories where I would say like, 
look at their cute downtown. And like, I would take a photo of a house and say like, did you know that the average price for a house in Sioux Falls, South Dakota is like $75,000 or whatever. So I would share all these facts about these towns and like show how cute they were. And I got so many DMs from people saying things like, you know, this will change how I travel or like, I've been looking at, like there was a woman, I went to Bloomington, Indiana, which PS is adorable and has, a, and has um, I think the, the highest rated college, the highest rated university and graduate school in Indiana. And a woman had been accepted into that graduate school, but she wasn't sure if she was going to go. And then like seeing me show how cute it was, she was like, that convinced me. Um, I was, when I was traveling to these places and I was talking about the cost of living, I got DMs from people in New York, in Denver, in San Francisco, talking about how like we've been wanting to leave because it's getting too expensive, but we didn't even like know where to start looking. Like this has been so helpful. It's such a good reminder that, you know, it's actually not normal to have a half a million dollar one bedroom apartment. Um, and there was actually a woman who like, I was doing this tour in America, obviously, um, but she was in the UK and she was living in London and she was talking and she's a friend of mine and we'd been messaging back and forth and she'd said, you know, like, I want to make some changes in my life that are not like really viable if I'm living in London because because it's so expensive here. But like so much, you know, I've, I've always just had this idea that life in outside of the big city is so boring, but, you know, seeing all this stuff that you're doing and seeing all these things that are available in these mid-sized cities has really made me think about moving. And she did. I, she left London. I mean, I'm sure it was it wasn't like just me, clearly. But I think that, you know, seeing we we have this idea that like, you know, if it's not LA or it's not New York, it's boring. But there are so many other cities around the world that are lovely and have a cost of living that makes it possible for you to work part-time or like, you know, you can afford X, Y, or Z because your all of your income isn't eaten up by, you know, by your house payment. So just this trip and the DMs, like, it sounds crazy, but I mean, I think it changed some people's lives. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm living what you preach because we lived in Toronto at first, which is oh, yeah, super expensive. So expensive. And then we moved to what our friends call the middle of nowhere, nowhere but we love it here. It's, I mean, it's quiet, but we're like 20 minutes from Niagara Falls. We're like, that sounds amazing from buffalo yeah so it's uh, yeah that sounds fantastic <laughs> so it's, it's really not that bad um it's actually a lot better and we can afford to travel because we're not putting all of our money we make into a condo that's the size of a closet <laughs> yes yes uh, i love that i love that so um how can like as we wrap up here um how can people connect with you online like what's the best way for people to find you and connect with you um, so my blog is yesandyes.org. Um, all over social media, I'm at yesandyesblog. I'm on Instagram stories all the time. <laughs> so that's probably the most, that's where I update pretty much daily. Um, if, if you think about or are interested in money or happiness, which I think pretty much we all are, I have a really lovely private Facebook group that's free called Money and Happy that has, I think, like 4,500 members in it. They're all incredibly sweet, super supportive, really smart. I make people um, answer questions before they can get in. So nobody's going to try and like pitch you to be involved in a pyramid scheme. Um, so I'd say those are the best places. Um, the Facebook group, Money and Happy, or on Instagram stories for Yes and Yes blog. 
Yes, and I'm going to back Money and Happy Facebook group. I remember, I think last year when you were doing the city tour, everyone was putting in like their, um, where they live and like the cost of houses and things. And yes. it's so fascinating to me how people can have the same house, the same um, yeah. lifestyle, but it's so much more expensive depending on where you live. So definitely join that Facebook group because it's just a lot of information in there and very, very supportive. Yeah, they're so sweet. I love it. All right. Thanks so much, Sarah. I will put the links to everything we talked about in the show notes. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.